From the time he was in high school in Bangalore, he had always loved math and computer science. He has a number of awards to prove that. So when time came to think about colleges, he wanted to go west. Hi, welcome to this episode of College Matters, Alma Matters. Sibbi Venkateshan came to the University of California, Berkeley to study the highly sought after electrical engineering and computer science, or EECS. Soon, Sibbi adjusted to a new country, mingled with high caliber college peers and started engaging in research. His one vice, he fell prey to the allure of donuts. Sibi has agreed to share his undergraduate years at Berkeley with us today, over coffee and donuts, of course. Let's go over and meet Sibi. Hi, Sibi. How are you doing? Good, good. It's a slow day here and um, since I've been sitting at home all day, but yeah, good so far. Good, good. So first of all, let me welcome you to our podcast, College Matters, Alma Matters. And uh, look forward to chatting with you about your Berkeley years. So thanks for making the time. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I'm so cool. Um, so maybe the best way to do this is, um, I guess, start at the beginning. So um, <laughs> let's start with... Um, you know, now looking back, uh, what your overall undergraduate experience at Berkeley feels like, and then we can get into details. So, yeah, overall, I had a fantastic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Berkeley, Berkeley was a, a really, really great experience. And I remember if I think hard about it, I know that it was busy and it was stressful through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But when I think when I think back to it, I only have like only the good memories stick out, which I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was difficult to start off with. I was fresh off the boat, um, but it took me a while. I rooted myself in classes and it was after that. The food is great. The people are great. I met some great people. And the daily grind was easy uh, to just root myself into that, ground myself there, and then keep going. And by the end of it, it was, I it turned out that it was a fantastic experience overall. So, um, you know, you obviously, um, you know, you went to school in India in Bangalore. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how big the school was, but must have been quite a transition from that to a school of Berkeley size, right? It's quite a biggish school. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, my, my school was fairly small, actually. I think every, each graduating batch had 100, 110 people. So going to Berkeley was um, a shock for more than just one reason. One thing is that I, was, I had never been out of the U.S., let alone, uh, I mean, never, never been out of India, let alone to the sure. U.S. Yeah. And uh, getting there... And when classes started and orientation began, the throngs of people, so many students, so many people was surprising. Um, and they, so it took, a, it took a while to get used to. And one thing was that my, my dorm experience, which I was, uh, when I moved into, I didn't have really a good social circle there. So it was yeah. a little, it, it was just a little bit difficult to get myself settled in my dorm. But then because yeah. of that, I ended up finding good friends and classes and it was good. Turns out that Indian pronunciation for a lot of different words were different. So I, I know yeah. that <laughs> over the first two or three months, I, I had to reacquaint myself with the way, um, the way to speak so that people will understand. Right. Um, right. And yeah, so that, that, was, that was fun and a little bit embarrassing at times, but uh, in the end I got used to it. Let's sort of talk a little bit about uh, why did you come to Berkeley? How did you end up choosing Berkeley? Uh, sitting in Bangalore, mm-hmm. why was this your choice? Why, how did that happen? So I have a serious answer and a joking answer. I, I don't know which one you want to hear first. Uh, both. Uh, Let's start with the fun one first. With the fun one. Uh, <laughs> so my name is Sibi. Right. Yeah. And, and UCB is the initials of Berkeley. Oh. <laughs> okay. so the joke is that I am CB... And uh-huh. so if somebody else is telling me you're CB, where else will I go? 
okay. sorry that was the serious answer now i'll tell you the joking one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the criterion is is fairly simple i think for a lot of people in india i think we in general it's it's a little unfortunate sometimes but it's a rat race for the best named engineering school even in india everybody has the iits and such so yeah. uh yeah the ranking is using a ranking as an as a criterion for choosing is pretty common and that was what we looked at we applied to the top programs so computer science and electrical engineering mm-hmm. it came down to berkeley and cmu mm-hmm. uh at, at that point not just the ranking rankings i think uh, for cs they were the same but berkeley pipped it for an overall school uh-huh. um, and at that point at that and california and proximity to the people like a bunch of people including yourself who i know in Ber- in california right. Right. kind of tilted it towards that um yeah so um actually let me ask you one other question that so the uh, you know you said cs and double e mm-hmm. um how how did you um how did that happen i mean is that something that you developed an interest for or you kind of ha- you know in a lot of times people follow your parents might have pushed up so i just want to know how did you end up picking a major like that which you know obviously is a good one uh just curious where that came from yeah that's a, that's a good question i think so my parents have in general never been pushing me towards one thing or the other mm-hmm. but i do i do think that that choice is a product of my environment in which i grew up like that doesn't mm-hmm. change everybody around me uh were like they were all like kind of looking at these stem fields for instance and mm-hmm. i was generally good at computer science and math throughout school so i i kind of my my um aptitude for those kind of shaped my uh, interest in those as well and slowly developed that idea i just thought that it was something which i was going to do without mm-hmm. even thinking so it became a no brainer by the time i applied but i guess uh, like kind of the seeds had been sowed right at the start and i think that like stem field and like a, a lot of my friends around me were interested in the same things so like 6 7 years of growing up with that and then i just like and it became ingrained in me that that's probably what i want to do but uh, that said i really really enjoy math and computer science like i love mm-hmm. coding and uh, i've always enjoyed those so it has never i've never regretted that decision in fact i never even came close to regretting it but yeah yeah it was the right choice for me cool cool it's good because uh, knowing what you want to do is uh, probably 90% of the battle so um that's sure. that's great you apply to a bunch of schools you pick berkeley uh, for all these reasons and you show up here um tell me how how was it sort of transitioning from high school to uh, the first semester of berkeley just from an academic point of view how did that oh, okay academic makes sense i think one thing was that uh when i first came here um before my classes started i was doubting myself mm-hmm. am i really am i really supposed to be in a school like this am i uh, really good enough in this and that but mm-hmm. after i started taking my classes uh and i was able to understand the material a lot of the material at least the, the opening cs and math classes were things which they teach uh in high school in india just just the beginning classes right so i i had taken them uh, and i realized that i was actually following the material easily in fact i knew how to do all of like a lot of those things before even it was start so excuse me so because of that i think i felt more comfortable i felt okay well maybe my place is uh, i yeah. do have a spot here and then i started doing well in my assignments and stuff but yeah, it was rocky to begin with i think that both being some both being uh, fresh off the boat and not knowing many people over there to like take classes with i think that was a difficult to start off with but in the classes i found a lot of very good friends and we worked together did homeworks together uh worked on assignments worked on projects together and i think that that kind of connection um allowed me to appreciate the classes more and then it became you know it, it's no longer me taking class but two of us taking class right and sure. um yeah in my first semester i got a, like in every class i found a great friend uh, and and with that i think that kind of that pairing made made it very uh like streamline to go through the classes it was it was not easy i i should mention that it was never easy it was always busy even if the assignments were things i knew doesn't mean it takes any less than 6 hours to complete any given assignment yeah but, uh yeah but i know that 
if i know the material i know how to do the assignments and i will do them and because of that i think slowly i just ease myself into that system and uh sooner rather than later i just i just found myself getting used to it and i was yeah at the end of it i was at the end of the first semester i felt like well okay i i guess i'm here and i belong very nice now as you were you know in these classes now um berkeley is notorious for huge classes right some of the base yes. level a uh, core curriculum kind of things so how big were some of these classes yeah that's a that's another good question i think that it has exploded in size it it started exploding in size when i was there yeah um, uh, when i talked to some of the students so okay just for context i should mention this i didn't mention this to begin with i came into berkeley in 2010 i should mention that uh and i left in 2014 so over the past 6 years uh whatever has happened has been uh through second hand information from friends and other people who have graduated from berkeley who i know and i know that the class size has been exploding a lot more since i left when i was there i think the biggest class had maybe 600 to 800 students it was the notorious cs61a which is basically intro to programming almost uh, yeah cs101 basically and now it has it spills over into three classes or something like that uh three versions of the or not three but more like three sections of the class each with a right. thousand students or something like that and when i was there 600 or 800 was a huge number and that's just ridiculous it has been exploding i think that it's also because uh, especially with the interest in machine learning computer science and all those rising lots of people want to take the classes and even if you're not a major in computer science a lot of students who are in majoring in various different things need to take 61a if you want to at least minor in computer science and so because yeah. of that the classes are packed so yeah huge huge classes it gets it gets much more sparse in uh, upper division much more sparse in even like the uh, later classes even uh-huh. the required classes mainly because i think people stop turning up to the classes yeah. Uh, yeah yeah the they everybody's wide eyed when they first come there everybody goes to every <laughs> class in the first semester but after that they become i mean you get senior writers in your second semester itself and you're just sitting at home a lot of the time but yeah so these big classes had uh, recitations or smaller tutorials or things of that kind yes. i mean okay yeah and, uh, i think sorry go ahead no no i go ahead yeah, yeah so uh, i think a class when i was there in general uh there used to be a split of about 20 students per recitation it was called a discussion section i think it's called recitation in some places in yeah, berkeley yeah. it was called a discussion yeah. uh, and usually the the ratio was around 20 to 25 students to one ta that is no longer the case as far as i know but that was the ratio back then so 200 people essentially means about you have 10 tas and and uh 20 or 10 different uh discussion sections throughout the week but yeah that helped you actually interact with an instructor uh more one on one as opposed to being kind of uh drowned out in a huge crowd and that did help you meet you meet your you generally meet good friends in those discussions and rarely in in the main classes because there are just too many people uh but yeah so there are small discussions and those really help and those were fantastic in general usually the tas are very good Hmm. Now did you feel um I know you said that um you had taken a bunch of uh, courses in high school did you feel well prepared for um the college program in general uh yeah but I realized I was well prepared only after a little while uh, which is kind of funny <laughs> okay. I when I I came there thinking mean, because I I wasn't sure whether I uh, I was well prepared at all and yeah. then because my first CS class was in a language i had never seen before it's in python now but it was in scheme which is a lisp language mm-hmm. uh, back when i started and it was one of the last few times it was taught using that language and so i i, I got into that class and or i had to take that class and i was worried that i wouldn't know anything uh, but a lot of j- just like math physics and all those things all the other uh, like level 1 classes i had to take uh when i sat through the classes the lectures i realized a lot of those had been taught before and that's when i kind of noticed that yeah actually i did prepare i mean i was also part of that rat race for je and i also spent many many years studying for that exam so uh, yeah. all those paid off one way or another so i know that when my first semester came around i ended up being prepared well prepared good yes. good so um how were your uh, classmates your peers the, what kind of students what are the general caliber of these students yeah that, so uh, berkeley is a state school 
Yeah. Right? And uh, so a lot of students come from in-state, right? And yeah. so sometimes that kind of acts as a as a kind of a neutralizing effect. But in general, most people who do come there are usually top of their class in their high school. So they're all really smart. Mm-hmm. And then you suddenly have to have a spectrum over the really, really smart, over the really smart. So, mm-hmm. um, but in general, the, I mean, the average student was really smart. Mm. But okay. the real, but the, like the extraordinary students were, more extraordinary than you would expect. I think there were some of the smartest people I have ever met mm. uh, in some of my classes. And I think I'm, yeah, I've stayed in touch with a lot of them and they are, yeah. So you will find people who are just exceptional in whatever they do. And uh, you'll find one or two in every class, maybe the silent guy sitting at the back who's always getting 100% on all the exams or something like that. But uh, in general, uh, the classmates with the caliber is really good. And in general, people are very friendly. It's very easy mm. to get along with people. Uh, it's very, it's, uh, at least when I was there, it was easy to form groups, to go up to people and say, okay, do you want to work on this project with me? And in general, people don't, uh, I mean, p- people are easy to get along with. And yeah, so smart people are super smart for sure. And uh, it was, yeah, a good mix of people from different, places that that's another interesting thing a last vast majority of people were from california but uh yeah there were people from all over the place in the like the 20 percent, which was not hmm. yeah that's roughly how they're distributed now as an international student did you feel pretty welcome i mean was that um you know did you just blend in and did that work okay yeah so um the first memory i had of landing in the u.s was me juggling the bags which I had when I was going out of the security point mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had kept my uh, boarding pass or whatever my passport in my mouth yeah. and then the and then the the person at the counter was like I don't want to touch that if you put your mouth in it and I was yeah. like wait so that was a that was a weird experience but I think after that checkpoint everything was fantastic it mm. was a very welcoming experience I uh, in fact uh, one of my closest friends from Berkeley is somebody who just on a whim he is from California and on a whim, just decided to, to talk to me because I seemed interesting. And then we had lunch after our first class. And then, mm. uh, and when he realized it was international, he did as much as he could to, to help me blend in. In fact, he invited me over to Thanksgiving on, in my first semester there. So I went over to his house sure. and had dinner with them. So, yeah, I felt welcome, I think, in Berkeley itself. I generally felt quite welcome in my classes and such. Dorm was a little bit, I was not social enough, I guess. In my second year, my dorm was much more social. But in my first year, I guess I didn't connect with them. But the classes, I found people were very social, easy to connect with. How was, uh, how was the teaching and how were the profs? How was, uh, did the profs teach or were the students teaching? A mix of that? Uh, uh, in general, I think that in general, during the semesters, the profs uh, were teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Again, you'll always have good professors and bad professors, but the, the really famous instructors and really good professors were fantastic. I think uh, like some of the, like I, I can recall specific lectures I sat in because they were so great. And that was six, seven years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I, this is something which, which unfortunately happened is that after my first semester, I just could not get up at 8 a.m. I just was not up for it. Uh-huh. And, but there were classes which were really early in the morning, which I went to without fail, like 8.30, 9 a.m., because the, the teaching was so good that I kind of naturally woke up because of it. Mm. So some professors were really good. In terms of who teaches the classes in general, uh, when I was there again, it was professors during the semesters, and over the summer, it's usually a grad student. There were cases of uh, some students who were TAs right from their freshman year, and in their senior year, there were TAs almost every semester for the same class. So I think... There was one case or a couple of cases of an undergrad teaching a class when right after he graduated, I think. But in general, <laughs> professors uh, taught the class. And uh, yeah, and uh, the students in general, um, yeah, Berkeley had a lot of undergrad TAs. And yeah. we had in general for the tougher classes, they were grad students. But for the basic class, I think there were just too many students for you to find as many grad students as you need. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of undergrad TAs. So very good. So, um, so in general, um, four-year program, you had an academic advisor who was 
guiding you or how did you pick classes and how how did that work out yeah uh, i think we are assigned an academic advisor to begin with yeah um depending on your department and i ended up getting assigned to somebody who is one of the biggest names in computer vision his name is jitendra malik um mm. and he's a like a really famous in in the field of computer vision he was mm. my academic advisor uh but i i think essentially what that meant was that i went to him and i said do these classes look okay and he said yes that's basically what happened in the end okay. um because a lot of the times you you uh your choice of upper division classes you everybody has to take the same lower division classes when you right. come to upper division classes um there are fairly strict not not fairly strict there are requirements which you need to to graduate and those you have to take right but apart from that whatever else you take is uh, generally kind of um it's never bad to take any mix of classes almost uh-huh. um there are very, i mean the, the eecs department went all the way from kind of communications pure math to graphics which is essentially entirely coding uh, uh-huh. Mm. so uh, and people took both and uh, statistics and versus graphics and like and uh, in general i think that uh, you you needed i think there was like a requirement for a design class there was a requirement for uh, i think the design class could either be something like os design or it could be graphics or something like that so they had like basic uh, structures in place which made you choose uh, classes at least to some semblance of uh, you know diversity but after mm-hmm. that whatever you chose was generally fine my the academic advisor would kind of look over your classes but it's very rare that they would say no it was the only case what they would say is uh, when you decide to take grad classes which is like yeah. generally difficult then they would tell you okay well if you haven't taken these four classes then this grad class is going to be difficult but in general your choice of undergrad classes uh, they uh, yeah they were generally yeah they just okayed and you talk to a lot of your friends your uh, seniors in your or like people who are above you you talk yeah. to them and generally you come up with a good people usually came up with uh, like a very viable uh, set of classes just from talking to people so it was never really absurd so in general there's no reason to say no so let's switch a little bit to the outside class life you know campus life So let's mm-hmm. start with the dorm you started talking about um your first year so how did it go the first year and then onwards from there yeah so the the first year i think what happened was that i kind of moved in maybe 3 or 4 days too late and so there were like this since everybody is new they kind of formed clicks immediately just to kind of uh you know get acquainted with the place and i kind of right. missed out on that uh uh click formation at the start so what happened was that and and my my housemate in my freshman year i i did go to the, one of the dorms uh, yeah. i went to, to anybody who uh was considering it i went to foothill uh dorms in berkeley mm-hmm. and my of my house or my roommate was also kind of a, a reserved guy he was also i think he and me uh, the two of us were the only two people who were doing eeks or even engineering i think on my floor Yeah so uh, the the two of us kind of just did not connect with anybody else but that made us good friends with each other uh-huh. uh but my dorm life itself was in my first year was uh, a bit lackluster i i don't know i had all these ideas of um like extremely friendly people and like you know it's going to be the best late night board games this and that and donut runs and stuff um and it was not really as uh, and i was kind of anticlimactic in my first year I okay. couldn't really make friends in my dorm but because of that I made very good friends in my classes. Mm. The dorms in my second year were a bit different. I think after I had I had gotten used to the fact that I'm in the US and I am okay I'm 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 supposed to be I deserve to be here after all those issues went away I think I was able yeah. to kind of socialize much better and I made very good friends in my dorm in my second year. In fact uh my current girlfriend is who is who I met in my dorm in uh, my second year we've been together for 8 years since so um it i did meet a lot of good people some of my closest friends are from that dorm um and so i think that it it, it all came down to how prepared i was to kind of meet that social life uh, and i like looking past that culture shock and all those things sure so dorm yeah dorm life is certainly good if you know how to navigate it if you don't then it's going to be difficult for some time so just got to be prepared for that 
So how is the food? I mean, I know Berkeley has a lot of food, a lot of cuisines. So, but how was it in general? Berkeley, the food was amazing. I think um, we, in my third and fourth year, I think we had a, a little thing going with a few of my friends where we would uh, very often go every Sunday night, we would go try a new place. There were just yeah. fantastic places to eat. There, there was this kind of strip of uh, places called Gourmet Ghetto, which is mm. there is, I'm sure it's still there, uh, which had kind of slightly fancy, but really, really good restaurants. And people, I know a lot of people who used to, you know, drive in from Fremont, for instance, just to have pizza from this one place. Cheese yeah. if, uh, if you're familiar with that. But, oh, yeah. So there are fantastic places to eat. The dorms themselves were not so good. I think that, especially because there are so many students, it kind of felt like the food was mass produced. That's mm-hmm. it, still good. Uh, for like, I was not a picky eater, but the food outside was a lot better. And a lot of them were open late into the night. So until 2 a.m., if you decide at 1 a.m. that you're hungry for donuts, you can go get donuts, which is uh, just something which I enjoyed a lot. I used to, I, I, I said donut runs, which I did not do in my first semester or first year, only because I did it very, very often in my second semester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the food is amazing. Okay. Um, so did you get involved in cultural and social activities on campus? I mean, what kind of things were there or clubs or what did you do? There, there is in general a club for everything, but I did not involve myself in uh, most any of them, actually. Um, I was your kind of typical shot-in engineering student uh, sort of person. And, and like I preferred to kind of I, uh, play games in my dorm in the evening as opposed to and I'll go out and do something interesting. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> I did, I did kind of visit nearby places. I've never been to Lake Tahoe, for instance, but I did visit like uh, occasionally we would go to like places around Berkeley, San Francisco for things. But in terms of campus based cultural and social activities, uh, there were not too many that I was specifically a part of. But that said, I think once or twice I was dragged into the Holy celebration yeah, uh, in, in Berkeley. I think that's very interesting because uh, when I went there, I, I saw absolutely zero Indian people. Also, I think it was because I couldn't actually notice if they were Indian or not because that's they right. were all colored. But in general, it just seemed like a lot of people just having fun and using the event to have fun, which is, of course, which is fantastic. So a lot of people getting together and just having fun on Holi. And so there are, that happened every year. Diwali happens on every year. I yeah. didn't really associate myself too much with the uh, with the Indian group on campus. I do I don't want to mention that because when I when I first went, I was still very new to the place, and I sat down in the Indian Indian thing was called Indus. Oh, yeah. uh, and when I first went there to their first uh, opening uh, orientation meeting or something, just to have to, to kind of uh, have people come join their uh, group, I. The, like the first guy, I just could not connect with the people on stage. I just yes. felt very disconnected from them. And I just felt like, you know what? I don't really, I might be, these people might be Indian, but I just don't feel like I can connect with them. And so I did not do that. Uh, and they used to have regular Diwali events and like, you know, different buffets and stuff for like different, uh, like Bangra night and all those things, which I just never went for, but they, they did conduct those. What did you do during the summers? Um... Um, in my first summer, which is the odd one out, I took classes uh, that helped me kind of get ahead. And then uh, I could reduce the load on my later semesters because of that. But from my second semester onward, uh, second summer onward, I started doing research. So in my, I think, third or fourth semester at Berkeley, I started working on uh, research in a robotics lab. Mm. And right now the professor has become super famous. Uh, his name is Peter Abiel. Um, mm. I remember, like he's, he's right now, um, yeah, he's, he does a lot of stuff. He actually is part of OpenAI and all those mm-hmm. things. And um, mm-hmm. often that lab, I think every summer after that, my second and third year, my fourth year summer, I came back home to India, but my yeah. second and third year summers, I worked on research uh, and I worked with robots in his lab. He was a fantastic a uh, very busybody researcher. He still is. I heard that he sleeps. Like people don't know when he sleeps because <laughs> of, uh, he's there all the time. 
um yeah he's the first one in last one out sort of person works very hard and it was a fantastic experience kind of learning from him and uh, and that's kind of yeah the reason why i stuck with research moving forward uh, but yeah those my third and fourth year and then like i actually paid research in both those years both those so summers how, how did you find these uh, find the research project how did you find this so one thing was that uh, when i when i joined his lab i was taking his class and i was taking his class with a friend of mine who was working in his lab mm. and he I, i enjoyed the class it was an artificial intelligence class at cs188 which is kind of a pretty popular class upper division class for most students in eeks and uh, he was teaching that class and uh, i had a friend who i would take the class with who was also taking who was working with him and he gave me only good news and like good uh, things to know about this person so mm-hmm. what i was this was before Uh, this was before he became as popular or even close to as popular as he is now so i just shot him an email saying i i'm in your class i've read your uh, some of your papers it's really interesting can do you think i could work with you and he said like okay well do you want to come and uh, chat um for some for some time to see if there's a match in interest and i went and spoke to him and that was that uh right now he's he's famous for having an undergrad army which is basically <laughs> a bunch of students who want to work with him and a bunch of students who do work with him i i, I know that the the barrier to entry is a lot higher right now but yeah. back then it was just shoot him an email or he responds and you respond and i don't think it works like that anymore but it was that simple for me um yeah yeah but you had to take the initiative which is great so that's um, true yeah. cool so you spent two years i mean two sorry two summers doing research um you're coming upon um you know the final year uh, you're deciding what to do next what happens then so i think um my my decision strategy at that point was i don't know if i'm ready for a job yet uh, mainly because i was just like taking classes and i was enjoying taking classes and a lot of my students i had not done an internship many of my friends had done internships so i just didn't have a taste for that kind of uh-huh. company life and uh, working in uh, in like a tech company or something i didn't have that taste um so uh, all i had known was the research i had done and the students before me in my lab who had gone on to grad school mm-hmm. so it was kind of the natural path a lot of my friends also were doing grad school even if they weren't working in my lab they were going to grad school and i made a lot of friends who are grad students in the lab i worked at Mm-hmm. and so it by the end of it it became a no brainer in fact i just like i didn't apply to jobs at all i just applied to grad schools and mm-hmm. um yeah it, it was yeah it was like in back then it was an obvious decision um like well i've been i've been really good at taking classes and doing research so i'm just going to continue doing that was the strategy and uh, uh yeah i applied to grad school and yeah i'm i'm uh, right now just starting as a seventh year phd student at cmu so yeah i guess i stuck with that all the way so um if you can talk a little bit about how you arrived at that so you you decided to um obviously continue in grad school uh and how did you end up picking cmu yeah that's a it's a good question i applied to a few places um for because i had worked in a robotics lab i had applied yeah. to places which were popular for robotics and yeah. i had i had a, a like quite a few choices but cmu is just uh bar none it's just exceptional for robotics itself yeah. and uh, it was almost a no brainer choice i i did not get into berkeley i would have i, I don't know if i would have stayed i might have um but cmu was like the fact that i had gotten into cmu made it kind of clear that i will be going to grad school because cmu is better than any other choice of not going to grad school so i decided that i will go and then i what happens in grad school time is that um, in in the application period once you get accepted from different places they'll give you a call and then you go through visit days so they will in general uh, at least it works in the in cs departments like that usually where they pay for you to come to visit their departments for a day or two and, and kind of see the lay of the land and see if you like the place and uh, I think I went to visit four or five different schools and I had a call over Skype with a professor from a school I could not visit. And so essentially the idea is gather as much information as you can, meet as many people and then make your decision after that. And CMU just had a really great uh, impression, made a really great impression on me. And like there, it, because their 
are just so many people doing so many different things. There is a department specifically for robotics called the Robotics Institute. And because of that, I think I felt like my options were, if I, if I wanted to choose CNU, I would always have an option something or the other, to do something or the other. And uh, that's one of the reasons I chose CNU. Um, yeah. So no, that's, that's great. I mean, CMU obviously is a world-renowned institution, especially in the areas that you're talking about. So, um, so, what, so what did it feel like, that transition from, first of all, two major things. You're going from undergraduate to graduate, and you're going from the West Coast, uh, Berkeley, to uh, Pittsburgh. Um, so how, how were those transition? How was that transition? Yeah, so one thing Pittsburgh was notorious for before I had come to it is that it was a steel city and it's going to be dirty and smelly and all those things. That was not true at all. So I think they kind of, there was like this fear of Pittsburgh not comparing to California. Mm -hmm. um, and while the weather in California and such are much better, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, I think that... Um, it was funny because there were so many people who told me that Pittsburgh is not so good before I went there. And then when I came here, it was so much better than what I expected that people started saying, it's not as bad as you think, almost making, it's not as bad as you think, a motto for Pittsburgh. That yeah. said, I, I, I am talking kind of anti-negatively. Uh, yeah. so like, as I want to say positively that Pittsburgh is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the, the, it gets hot in the summer, cold in the winter, but apart from that, you could... Uh, as many things as you want to do, you can do around. Um, I was surprised just to seeing, you know, if you, like, there are so many bike trails that are, you can, if you want to go mountain climbing, there's a place, rock climbing. And like, you know, there are great natural parks nearby. Um, and it's fantastic uh, as a place. It was surprising how amazing um, a city it was. And it was different from Berkeley in that Berkeley is basically like a college town, at least the part yes. of yeah. a city where Berkeley is. There are, there is like, another side of Berkeley, but around campus, it is like, you know, almost the definition of a college town. Everything is basically about campus. So um, as a student, um, and, you know, obviously you are now a grad student. How did, how did the campuses compare in terms of facilities and programs? I mean, just overall as a student, how was Carnegie? Of course, CMU is also a private school compared to mm -hmm. Berkeley being a public university. So uh, how, how was that overall experience? What are the differences you felt? The, the biggest difference, which you could, which I, the first one I found was how different the sizes of the campus. This is what mm -hmm. Berkeley's campus is much, much bigger than CMU's. I think it takes about 25 minutes to go from uh, corner to corner in like diametrically opposite ends in, in Berkeley's campus, that is if you walk fast. Mm -hmm. um, and CMU's, it takes eight minutes, maybe at most. And um, it's much smaller, but it's uh, at the same time, it's much less busy uh, yeah. than like throngs of the crowds that you see at Berkeley uh, is nothing close to, sorry, it's, it's no, CMU is nothing close to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of like, those aspects of both, interestingly enough, I was in undergrad, it was like really an eye-opening experience to see so many people in one place. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I was done with that, I was like, you know what, it'll be nice to go to somewhere slightly quieter. And so when I, when I came to CMU, that's what I wanted. So it was interestingly what I wanted at both times. Uh, in terms of facilities, um, CMU is actually has always uh, been improving. I think the the gym which was there when I came is no is like no longer the gym. Like there was a they refurbished that. They added tennis courts or look those might have been there before. But they uh, the campus facilities at CMU are are actually really good. Mm. I didn't make use of those in Berkeley as much. Like the swimming pool, I've been to the gym and the swimming pool only a handful of times at Berkeley. Um, actually, I don't think I've ever been to the swimming pool, but. Um, I know that those are all good facilities, but I, I can't speak much to their uh, merit. But in CMU, the, the pool is great. The gym is, the new gym is fantastic. Um, and, you know, there are lots of places. You, there is a little place, uh, like there are tennis courts. You can play volleyball. You can play um, basketball. There is soccer. There is football. Like there's a little bit of everything. There's even running track and all those. I think so CMU is not known to be uh, like a sports heavy university, right? So I think for that, it's um, 
there's a lot of different things you can do can do at uh, at CMU. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that the difference in kind of campus culture is yeah. I think that there is uh, a lot more grad students. The ratio of grad students to undergrad, I think it's a lot higher at CMU than it was at Berkeley. Mm. Um, and because of that, I think that um, you do find um, kind of the crowd you're interacting with to be, I guess, slightly more mature in general. Mm-hmm. You know, they're slightly older and they're all grad students. And, and, you know, there are undergrads, but I didn't really get to see that many of them as often, even uh, especially because the the building which I my office was in was not uh, it was not heavy for undergrad classes. It didn't have that many undergrad classes. So in, in general, my interactions were mainly with grad students. Um, and so I, like, I cannot maybe give you a direct comparison between undergrads and graduate students. So, but I know that as a, like the cultural differences is that it was a, a little bit more laid back and kind of chill for me because um, undergrads are busy bodies. You know, a lot of the times they're always working and like grad students kind of, are like you know what I'm I'm done with undergrad I'm I'm just gonna I don't really care about getting this great grade in my class I just want to do research so it's just a lot of people who are a lot more laid back and so that environment is a lot um, it's a lot more chill that not, may not be a good thing maybe a good thing that's different but yeah the other thing is that surprisingly enough I think that I I interact and I find a lot more Indian people per you know like per average person I meet at Ber- at CMU than Berkeley. Um, there are hmm. a lot of Indians at CMU, so that's relevant to you. I think you can find like kind of a little niche for yourself. Uh, almost all of them are master students, uh, mm-hmm. not master graduate students, masters and PhD. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I can't again speak much on undergrad, but there there was a nice little niche here for that, and um, yeah, I was not expecting that. Um, so that was interesting. I think that, and so there is this famous thing called the fence at CMU, which is, uh, which is a little fence, which is uh, painted over uh, every time there is a new kind of event or like a new holiday or something, not like an, an whatever, like whatever event takes place. Yeah. Like for uh, Independence Day, it will be painted in, in Indian flag colors, for instance. Yeah. Um, and you see like every time you go past it, you'll see a different color on it and kind of shows, I've seen the Indian flag so many times through both Independence Day and Diwali and Holi, all those three things, the Indian flag will be there. But like, there are lots of different things that are painted there. Kind of. So there are active cultural like groups and stuff on campus, which do care. And then like, they do want to express themselves. And that's that. No, that's, uh, that's, that's great that you're getting to experience um, two wonderful schools. Now, before we leave CMU, um, what I mean, give us a quick overview of the problem that you're trying to solve, or you know, what kind of thing excited you about the PhD? I mean, what what kind of um, research are you trying to do, or are you doing? Right. So interestingly, I came in all about robotics, mm-hmm. and I was like I'm just going to do robotics now, and then uh, things didn't pan out with me. Uh, like working with the professors I wanted to work. So I ended up switching over to data science machine learning. And -hmm. that's what I've been doing recently. And I I enjoy it because it's a lot less dealing with hardware. Hardware can be fickle. A lot more dealing with software, which is you tell your computer what to do and you just hope you know it's going to (laughs) do. Hopefully, you know it's going to do it. It's going to listen to you more often than hardware does. That's what I mean. Um, And so I've been working on machine learning. I had a, and I switched an advisor once and I switched um, projects at least two times, mm-hmm. but right now I'm working on multimodal machine learning or multi-view machine learning, which is if you have different types of data, like mm. in a video, in a video you have audio and a visual stream, right? Um, or in images you have images and a caption, maybe, or mm-hmm. like in a in like patient monitoring you have vital signs, different vital signs, patient heartbeat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever oxygen content, all those things. If you have multiple types of information which you can leverage, how yeah. can you learn models which leverages this you know, interrelationships between those? So that's basically the high level of the problem I'm looking at. Very nice. Uh, Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we are all getting information through so many different sources and so many different ways and mm-hmm. so many different forms. I think... Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know there is and and then maybe in this COVID world there's a lot more 
you know absolutely uh, hands free contactless and distant and remote stuff that people want to do i think right. uh, um who knows where all this is going sort of give some advice to students who are looking to study undergrad in berkeley i mean i know um your experience based on the thing what what are things that you might tell them to um look out for or in their applications what to focus on whatever broad uh, pieces of advice you want to give right uh, i want to mention um beforehand that it's been 10 years since i joined but there are invariances there are things which will always be the case and right. um, i'll try to talk about both my experiences and what i think will still be the case it will be the busiest four years or three years or how many ever you're taking of your life it is just busy and it's and if you know how to deal with that it's fun but it will be busy there are days in which you're going to be like you know waking up and going like what it's going to be another one of these days another project like i have a project due today two homeworks is due tomorrow and an exam three days from now and then like it's going to be a rut like that but if you are able to kind of get into a rhythm it's fantastic um mm-hmm. i think in terms of applications um i I'm, i think back when i applied um i essentially had a, a good background for math and computer science i had one a few awards for like the national cyber olympiad and i i had kind of been uh, the head of the math club in my school so i had a kind of a, collected a couple of accolades which helped me and i of course i don't know the how the application process exactly works you're probably more familiar with that but it was not really as transparent to me but um i did have a kind of like a, um, a portfolio showing that my my computer science and my math which is what i was interested in i spoke about uh were strong and that helped and but once you get there i think yeah n- not speaking as much about the application process but more about when you get there it is going to be a very busy place both in terms of your time and also in terms of just the number of people right you're going to meet a lot of people a lot of them are going to be super cool super interesting um and those connections if you do it right are going to stay with you for the rest of your life and that's um very important to keep in mind i think it was an extra learning experience for me mainly mm-hmm. because as especially as an international student who had never been out of india uh the kind of the the like the speed at which you have to become mature to the working of the world you know it's, it's like in a flip of the switch you're suddenly kind of you're thrown off the deep end and um if you're ready for that i mean you, even if you're not you will end up being ready for that you'll end up being uh you know you'll get into the pace of things and i think it's a it's a very different world from what you would be expecting in undergrad in high school and stuff and if um i think that there is always something to do and there's always people to meet it's going to be busy and you're going to curse that sometimes but at the end of it at least it's true for me that i only have good memories which pop out at me i know i had bad times i know that i, I there are some exams i didn't do well in some homework sets which didn't come back with a good grade there are some times i didn't get to sleep but all those aside i know i only remember really if i think about berkeley i think what the good experiences there are just like fantastic experiences out there you know, waiting for you now make sure that you have fun late night you know, shenanigans with your friends in your dorms if you can uh, yeah and like go watch a couple of movies there are a couple of things to do visit san francisco um yeah make sure that you do enjoy the full Uh, undergrad experience it is easy to get sucked into the whole classes thing i did for a long time uh it's very easy to get just um you know just saying okay i have too many classes to do and i can't really do anything else it's always going to be the case so make sure you you do kind of spend time enjoying yourself once a week if possible and uh yeah go there's berkeley's in a fantastic place the seas the beautiful views and like the uh, san francisco lots of really nice places nearby uh to go visit lots of places to eat so it's mm-hmm. absolutely worth your time to go try and explore um around the place great okay so sibi um before we wind down here um anything else you want to talk about any memories any insights anything else that you think might be beneficial to 
aspiring students and parents and folks like that anything yes. else you want to share uh i don't know if this is beneficial or not but i know that if i had like if i um i had something of a gaming addiction when i was at berkeley and i'm saying that with like a touch of mirth i think it's yeah. it's a it's um uh, i i made a lot of friends especially in the engineering departments who love playing things like league of legends and stuff like that it's like very popular it was pretty popular back then i i <laughs> i played a lot of video games when i was there i think it was my counter to saying if i'm not so social and i'm not going to do all these social events i'm just right. going to sit here and that has cost me a couple of times i missed a quiz of my like, <laughs> there, there were three there were three quizzes in my uh, class they they only do three of them throughout the semester and uh, i missed one of them because i spent i think i was up until 4 5 am playing league of legends i don't i haven't played league of legends for 6 years now but i know that it's very easy to get sucked into things like that i guess fortnite is the game people are playing right now but it's very easy to get sucked in so you just have to make sure um, that you moderate you uh, do everything in moderation take your time and uh, don't lose your way by something silly like this it was a good thing in that one class that they dropped one out of three quizzes so i just had to make up for it with the, getting uh, like doing good in the other quizzes kind of help me but uh, i may like i might not have been that lucky otherwise so make sure that uh, you you don't get stuck with one of these silly vices Um, yeah. that's it you should if you have friends who are doing that you should absolutely play with them just make sure that you do it in moderation because that's something which <laughs> i had a problem with um but yeah it's a lot of fun though so i can't blame you if you do cool you know yeah. um that's what youth is for as well so um <laughs> so yeah. very good to be i think um this has been a very interesting and a um a very enjoyable journey that you shared with us so um i um i'm sure that folks uh, will find it uh, very useful and yeah you know, the vignettes and the little piece of advice you know go a long way um mm-hmm. rather than people discovering them it themselves so right so cool so um i'm sure we'll talk again soon but um yeah Till then take care be safe yeah. and thank you yeah, so thanks much thanks so thanks for having me venkat yeah you too stay safe yeah bye 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 hi again hope you enjoyed this podcast with sibbi venkatesan sibbi has painted a passionate picture of his years at berkeley how he adjusted and later thrived in college as an international student Berkeley laid the groundwork in research that has inspired him to pursue a doctoral program at Carnegie Mellon University. I hope Sibi's story motivates the college bound out there to explore Berkeley further. For questions to the guest or comments on this podcast, please email podcast@almamatters.io. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you.